Autobots transform. <laughs> Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode 12 of Transformers Armada. It is prehistory. This episode was written by Shoji Tanaki. And the last time on Transformers Armada, the Atlanteans couldn't control their minicons and that destroyed their civilization. And in this episode, Rat explains that the Atlanteans couldn't control their minicons and that destroyed their civilization. Opening bumper! <laughs> Yeah, and uh, there's the bumper. It's pretty quick. And now we're on the moon, and Megatron get, can't get the damn Minicon to wake up, the one that he took, and he zaps it with his horn lasers, I called them. And it looks like smoke starts coming out of this thing, but then it just disappears. It's still a paperweight because he needs the other two. But it's not just smoke coming out of it. It's like smoke kind of comes out into a shape bulbously and like pulsates and moves and then yeah. retracts back in. It doesn't emit smoke. It like creates a bulb of smoke. And it's important to note that Megatron says he can't activate this Minicon because he doesn't have the other two. It's important to remember that. Um, it's also important to remember that every single thing Rad says in this episode is unneeded exposition or insanely stupid, <laughs> uh, because we then go back to Rad on Earth and he's hallucinating that heroin addict lady again. <laughs> And then he asks Optimus, hey, could you just maybe not fight? Yeah, because he figures the Autobots and Decepticons are both Transformers, right? Like, they should just be two peas in a pod and never fight because, you know, all races of sentient beings that are essentially the same never fight, especially not, you know, no humans. It, no, Paul, Paul, it's, it's, not just, it's not just that humans never fight humans and cats never fight cats. It's that lawyers never argue with lawyers and yeah. soldiers never fight soldiers. And, like, that's the dumbest thing. Sports teams competing with other sports teams. Teams, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's not like with the intent to hurt, but it's all competition, right? This is okay. You know, I'm just going to lay my cards on the table. This is not my favorite episode, but Rad makes it that much worse by like just everything he says is mind numbingly stupid. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, it's flashback time, I guess, because the Decepticons uh, created an army and they started taking over Cybertron, but then the Autobots had enough of that and they started fighting back. And it shows still images of that, including one of like Red Alert basically giving Starscream a pile driver. Yeah. Like some kind of wrestling move. Yeah, the artwork here is great. And like we've said from the beginning, anything with the Transformers in it looks great in this show. Yep, but uh, next thing you know, Cybertron was divided, and that's when the Minicons showed up. And don't ask Optimus where they came from, but the Decepticons were the first to figure out that linking up with them increased their power dramatically. Oh, yeah. The, the Minicons, their backstory basically becomes their power is only upended by their great mystery. History, which is only upended by their power. Like it, it <laughs> and there's no answers to anything. But yeah, the the minicons. Oh man, this is where the retconning really starts. But the yep. minicons. <laughs> <laughs> ally with the Autobots to defeat Decepticons, and then they realized they were the cause of the war, even <laughs> though Optimus just explained they joined the war after four million years. After the Decepticons started, he said that, like, we're retconning something mentioned Two minutes ago. Yeah, like, like, okay, I get that this series has problems with translation, and I can accept that. I'll mock it, but I can accept it. Mm. This is just stupid. <laughs> but, yeah, the Autobots helped the Minicons pack and put them on the ship to make their journey. Because, oh, oh, here's uh, something else I like, Paul, is that uh, helping them on their journey involves a lot of really cool 
almost 3D animated spaceships. I can't yeah. quite tell if they're using tricks or what, but this, the spaceships look great. Oh yeah, it kind of reminds me a bit of the Zentradi battlecruisers in the Macross era of Robotech. It actually looks better than that. But uh, yeah, when they got the Minicons on the ship, most of them went into stasis, which apparently is what turns them into these little green tablets. Sure, why not? Uh, and then Optimus explains that I think it's fate that you found the Minicons or destiny or predestination or God's will or kismet. Like they're all the same <laughs> thing, Optimus. Anyway, we then flash back to the first episode and we have to watch Rad send the find the Minicon and send the laser to Cybertron. And they all it's it's like. Man, they are scrimping to save bucks in this. Replay everything. Replay it. Yeah, 12 episodes in and we get a clip show. <laughs> but it's not. It's like an exposition show. Mm. Well, then Optimus is like, Red, you activated a beacon signal. He calls it a beacon signal. Don't those kind of mean the same thing? Even yeah, though like, yeah, he's been doing whatever. Even though it was three signals and they went zipping and zapping across the universe like the Invid Regis. That's another Robotech reference. Until they got to Cybertron and... Let the Autobots and Decepticons know where the Minicons ended up, which, again, why would they do that? But, yeah, we did that one. Whatever. The important thing here is that the Minicon alert goes off, uh, and <laughs> Smokescreen says, ah, it's in the ocean, and Rad's like, no, it's it's on an island, um, <laughs> a volcanic island. Uh, so the Decepticons detected to, the Autobots warp to that island, but we don't have, like, the usual animation bit. Like, there's, yeah. it's just, whoop, they're there. Yeah, I guess they didn't need to burn some time. <laughs> They've but, already uh, burned it on all this exposition and clips from the first episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a volcanic island. I called it Lake Erie Volcano Dinobot Island. But I, ca um, I called it Chekhov's Volcano because when they get there, <laughs> Optimus is like, that could blow up at any time, probably in the next 22 minutes. And it has what they think is an abandoned roller coaster. I just figured it was like a mine. It's a mining town, yeah. Thing. But yeah, but uh, Optimus thinks, oh, this could blow up at any second. But I thought, wouldn't that have made a lot more sense for Alexis to say something like that? Because it seems like seismology is her hobby. Like she has the software for it on her computer at home. Uh, there's a problem in your argument, Paul. You said, wouldn't that make a lot more sense? <laughs> uh, so Optimus turns his container into battle mode. Uh, Rad asks if, oh, this was another one. He, he's like, hey, could we maybe just not get the mini cons involved? And it's like, yes. they're already in the battle and they're doing it on their own fucking accord, you idiot. <laughs> but at least he knows that a battle is going to happen because they're looking for a mini con in every single time Decepticons show up. So he's at least recognizing patterns. Yeah, but he, he fuck you, Paul. He's an idiot. I hate Rad. Uh, <laughs> somebody points a gun at Optimus off camera at commercial break. And when we come back, we see that it's Megatron. I mean, who else? And he fires and misses, even though he had the element of surprise and he was like aiming the thing. Like, man, fix the sights in your gun. Uh, okay. I have to bring the already low maturity level of this show down a little further. Every once in a while, Megatron's hip gun, and I think I think that's his Minicon. I think that's Leader One, is it? Maybe, but yeah. Whatever. His hip gun, from the wrong angle, every once in a while, <laughs> it just looks like a giant thong. <laughs> it would just be hilarious if it looked like that, and he started thrusting his hips with every shot, just like, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Okay, anyway, uh, the Decepticons all open fire on the Autobots, and the Autobots turn fire, and the kids run for it. And now the kids in all six Minicons are watching this from a 
cabin, I guess. So, like, why don't Jolt, Longarm, and Sparkplug link with the Autobots, you know, give them a little more power? And Alexis thinks this is their best chance to find the other Minicon, the one they came here for, while the Autobots have the Decepticons busy, but Rad and Carlos are scaredy cats, so Rad just sends Laserbeak. Okay, you know what? I know I shit on Rad a lot, and I'm going to shit on him more, but this is a, every time he uses laser beak, I gotta give him props. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, so, it's a little safer <laughs> than just putting your neck out there. <laughs> so they, they send laser beak off to find this Minicon, um, and then Starscream combines with sin, uh, Swindle. Yeah, Swindle. Yeah. And just blasts Optimus. Mm-hmm. He gets this SDF main one, or main gun online. He calls it the Null Laser Cannon. Like, Starscream, it's your Null, right? It, your star scream, and this is your null ray, like every star. Anyway, he lets the Autobots have it with his null laser cannon, and I guess that disables their weapons? I guess. In, in response to that, the Minicons come running out, and they man the container and all, like, the little cannons and battle stations. And for some reason, everybody is shocked by this. Yeah, Rad needs it explained to him that they're trying to fight the Decepticons, and Optimus thinks that's fantastic. They can leave the Minicons to hold off the Decepticons while they search for the Minicon they came okay, here for. Okay, wait, be- wait a minute. Okay, I know that canon is like a dirty four-letter word for this show, but uh, ha- has uh, Sparkplug not been Optimus Prime's Minicon for most of this war? Did they not fight together? Why yeah. is Optimus shocked that Sparkplug would fight against the Decepticons? It, that that doesn't make sense. That Anyway, whatever. Uh, Laserbeak finds a tunnel, and Rad's so- Somehow, it knows it's unfinished. Yeah, he thinks it's only half finished, and it's got a green light inside, so what could that be? And, but Alexis sees that on her phone, whatever it is. Does it seem to you like her voice is a little different in this episode? Like, it sounds kind of higher pitched than before. It does, yeah, yeah. When everyone, I mean, every once in a while, there's, you know, an episode where, oh, they had a sore throat that day, or you can always tell it's a little off. I wonder if it's something like that. Yeah, the kids tell Optimus where this thing is, and he's going in and gets the Autobots to cover him, so they power link with their Minicons, and Smokescreen's like, oh, that's a neat trick, because he doesn't have one yet, and the Autobots start blasting the Decepticons, but then the volcano starts to erupt. Yeah, of course it would. Uh, and the Minicon floats out on the lava. You know, Paul, I, I find myself wanting, sometimes I'm like, oh, I said Minicon, I should have said Minicon for the joke, but now <laughs> I catch myself saying Minicon without actually meaning it. It's getting in my head. Anyway, it floats out on on the lava. (laughs) And then the ledge that Optimus is standing on crumbles, and it fades back to the kids who worry about him getting washed away by the lava. And then with the Autobots, Red Alert orders Hotshot to get the kids, so I guess he's second in command. Yeah. And for Smokescreen to dig a trench to change the direction the lava is flowing. Now, here was something in this episode that was like, oh, that makes sense. As soon as Red Alert took command, I was like, yeah, of course. He's He's got to be. There's no way you would let Hotshot run the thing. Yeah. And Smokescreen's <laughs> been stuck in a mine for how, knows how long. Uh, but yeah, Smokescreen's digging the trench, and uh, then while that's happening and the lava is flowing down it, everybody sees the Minicon. Yeah, it's just floating down in the passing lab, and Demolisher sees it too, just as Hotshot starts running for it, and Cyclonus flies off to get it, and Starscream starts blasting at Hotshot. Yeah, there's a lot of chaos, they're all running for it, Megatron's running for it at one point, and then he gets blasted, and Optimus is here with the dumbest explanation yet. He survived the lava, and it, it's it's his explanation is something like, I fell into a crevasse, and the lava went over me. I'm like, wait, what? How does that work? Because it's just 
flies now. It's flying it, it just Yeah, fl- fl- whatever. Uh, but yeah, he blasts Megatron and um, saves the day. Basically, but yeah, because just as Cyclonus manages to pluck this thing from the lava, the Minicons get on all the guns on Optimus's container and start blasting. And again, the kids seem confused about what they're doing until Carlos points out that they're trying to save one of their own kind. And then Alexis is like, and they want to save the planet. And like, <laughs> where are you getting I would have been like, funny if like everybody just looked at him and went, what? Yeah. <laughs> the first time a Minicon can speak, it looks over yes. Lexus goes, no, we're just saving our own ass. You're on your own. Um, anyway, oh, this is kind of a neat bit where uh, Cyclonus drops the Minicon amulet thing and uh, Red Alert snags it with his grapple hook. Yep. And then the Decepticons, as they do, warp away. Yep, they're out of here. And now the kids don't understand why this thing won't wake up. And Grindor, who is Carlos's Minicon, I thought, tells Alexis he doesn't know why either. But then the thing activates just long enough to show them a vision of one of the three Minicons that form the sword who won't wake up unless you have the other two. And then Rad forgets what fucking TV show he's in because he asks what the Minicons are. And and the response, I can't tell who it was. It's from one of the Transformers. I know it's not Optimus. I think it's Red Alert. yeah, but his mouth wasn't whatever moving. But uh, it's it's he gives an answer of like we don't know where they came from. They're the most powerful thing. They hold the key to saving the universe and and all this stuff that is it's not backed up by anything. But it's what we fucking get. Smokescreen doesn't have his own Minicon, although I'm sure he soon will, but in the meantime, why can't the kids' Minicons link with Smokescreen? Is it because that's just how it works? Whoever activates the green panel thing is now the Minicon's partner, and it can only work with them? Like, they can't swap Minicons around? Like, if Red Alert needed to fly up to something to fix it, he couldn't just link with Jolt because Jolt is already imprinted on Hotshot? I can live with that. But does going into stasis, which the Minicons did in the ship, does that remove the imprint? Because otherwise a lot of these Minicons will be waking up with their old partners still on Cybertron, including old partners that are Decepticons. Megatron even says as much when he finds Leader One on the moon after all that time, it's his old partner. And if the Autobots and Decepticons are two opposing factions of the same race of sentient robots with dramatically different goals in mind for Cybertron in the universe, wouldn't it stand to reason that the Minicons would be the same way? Wouldn't some Minicons have wanted to work for the Decepticon cause? And when the decision was made to send them all to deep space, they'd tell whoever it was to come up with that idea to get bent, they're staying with Megatron. But they were on the ship too. Maybe they were captured and sent off as prisoners or something. Or Again, does the stasis break the imprint? See, that would have made an interesting backstory and would have made for some interesting character development. What if Optimus's long-lost partner resurfaces, but this time he's in Decepticon hands and the Autobots have to work to bring him back around, kind of like when Silverbolt was still Jetstorm and Beast. Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show Prehistory. It was a long one. <laughs> Not really. It was uh, n- not a good one. Not a good one at all. Like My, my first line for uh, for Rad, it's like he's staring at the screen like he's on fucking acid. Just, in the previous episode, uh, I've mentioned how when I see Rad just looking at the camera, all I can think is, <laughs> and it opened with that. That was the biggest laugh it got out of me. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it was, like I said, worse than a clip show. It was an exposition show. And yeah, every time Rad opened his mouth in this episode, I wanted to have always been dead. <laughs> It's, uh, I don't think I've ever heard that one. <laughs> it's, it was, well, it was, I don't know. It, Tell it us was, how you really feel, John. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, 
they, they can't all be this bad. Uh, you know what? Because there has to be a least favorite episode when we do the wrap-ups. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here's looking at you, prehistory. Uh, the next episode Paul and I are going to review is Swoop. If you want to swing down and go kyaw, kyaw, <laughs> ring with the saw blade going off like that, uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul's at pmcpherson1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com, and until the next episode, keep on transforming! Cock-a-doodle-doo! <laughs> And they want to save the planet.